0: Thanks for joining us on our podcast, Live Transformed. This is
1: episode number 219. That's right.
2: We're, we're so glad you joined us because yes, we are. when we're now, together. If, like...
1: Listen, if they will put if they will play this backwards, <laughs> yes, yes. if they'll play this backwards, <laughs> yes. they'll discover that it's really 912.
2: <laughs> 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 and that, my friends,
1: is trippy. Well, I, I saw some goofy commercial what made me think about that. You know, you know, yeah. remember you remember when Christians were running around playing albums backwards? Of you know, course. My, my thing Not about all it. that was if you're so stupid you have to play it backwards <laughs> to figure out if it's corrupt, you are messed up. I mean you should be able to, you should be able to play it forwards. But you know they got a pizza commercial now where where it's based on that where the guy has a pizza he plays on his record player. <laughs> and he p- puts the arm on it when he plays it backwards and it said, Eat more pizza, eat more pizza.
0: <laughs> we, we need to make a collage of, of the intros to this podcast. Yes, yeah. they, they just get funnier all the time.
2: And eat more pizza. The
0: context. Of this, I don't know. I'm sure we'll loop it in
1: (laughs) somehow. Hundred
2: percent. This will be. This will be extremely significant. If you
1: if you come to understand why we introed this way, then you will be the one that will actually be zeroing in on the deep spiritual reality that nobody else gets.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because everything we say and do is is hidden meaning.
2: Yes, that's right.
0: That's right. I
2: love it. Yeah. My intention is to have fun with you guys today and, and learn some cool stuff and understand some more. <sighs> so we, today, Jim, I was thinking about the podcast today. You know, I, we just had um, um, an appointment with someone last night mm-hmm. and they weren't getting progress and, and, You know, most do. So it was kind of like, I was just sort of like, wow, this is, something's not being applied to life, but no matter what we, whatever progress we get with this guy, he keeps going off track and getting back into his old habits of negative thinking, not being, you know, just not doing his heart work, you know? And so do you find that too? Like this is, this is sort of, I'm saying, do you have any advice for when we keep getting off track? Just that whole concept.
1: Well, one of the first things that, people need to realize believers need to realize is you know your your mind Mm -hmm. is is driven by pretty much your environment what do you see Mm. what do you hear what's going on around you so is this is one of the reasons in psychiatry and psychology they talk so much about uh, 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 what's the word it's not reorienting um, but basically a re-socialization Okay. So, what the the reason resocialization is so important in, in uh, many aspects of uh, of psychiatry is because they do realize, you know, the Bible says, "Don't don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals."
0: Mm. Now, we
1: don't think about that in the broadest spectrum of what it's saying. You know, we just mm. like, okay, if you're with bad people, you'll end up doing bad things. No, mm-hmm. if you are with corrupt people, you will end up either a thinking corrupt because you'll start thinking the way they think because mm-hmm. you're having fellowship with them and see fellowship is where you become one mm. and as a, you know fellowship isn't isn't just stay away from the the lost you know we can't win them if we're not if we don't connect right. with them right but fellowship is when you start to sh- share your ideas and they turn into, we both believe the same thing. Now we both have the same outlook. So the thing about corrupt fellowship is, is it starts affecting your logic, but also there is this thing called associations. Hmm. So, uh, the, you know, there was a guy that worked for me for several years. And when, when he first, when I first started, when he first came around, I would catch myself, and I didn't know why, but, man, I would catch myself having incredibly negative feelings about this guy.
2: And every mm. now and then I
1: kind of think, I don't need to kind of punch you in the face or something. I don't know yeah, why, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I think I do. And what it was is he looked so much like my stepfather. Wow. And so particularly when, if he furred his brow, he looked like my stepfather always looked when he was about to go crazy. So <clears throat> now that's an association. An association is where you see something that reminds you of something else. And yes. so an association is created, and you start having the emotions now that you had in the past toward that yes. association. Yes. So one of the problems with uh, with running around with your old buddies and stuff is it's an association. Mm-hmm. You know, you're used to doing the same things, the same goofy things that get you in trouble, the same stupid things that... You know, mess up your marriage, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's associations and all that stuff, but all of those things pretty much are more a product of the mind than the heart. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, the church has absolutely ignored the repetitive command to deal with our heart, to believe in our Mm -hmm. heart you know, get yeah. this in our heart, establish this in our heart, you know, have boundaries around your heart. And, you know, people read that stuff and have no clue. don't even have a clue what it means. Right. they never bothered to say, oh, well, I wonder what the heart is. And so a lot of preachers will say, well, the heart, that's just another word for soul or someone's oh, mm-hmm. heart, spirit, same thing, just different word. And you know what I mean? They just, just yeah. discount God's word. And so, <clears throat> so when you believe something in your heart as opposed to your mind, your mind is always stimulated by what it sees, by what emotions you're experiencing, what you're exposing yourself to. And so and so your your heart I mean your mind is always seeking to prove that you're right. This was fun, this wasn't sin, this was fun. You know, this this will get you, you know, the life you want, da And so but so it's always an ego driven fantasy of identity, but the heart seeks to preserve your identity, not your ego, which means a lot of times you got to sacrifice your ego to strengthen your identity. Mm -hmm. And so in our heart, here's what's interesting. In, In our heart, those things that trigger us, those things that are associations for us mentally, when we change the beliefs of our heart, now, our, you know, our heart is guiding us and not so much our mind. And even though we might see and notice and even have a thought of something, it has no emotional pull on us now because it's not who we are. It's not, it's not our identity. So people who do not solve core issues in the heart, you know, they may have enough self-control to not mess up their life again. The truth is, they're never going to be free. They're never going to be in victory because it's just, they're just dealing with a mental concept instead of a belief of the heart.
2: And you won't have the lasting change. You won't have the permanent change. Nope. And you wonder why you keep going back to whatever it is, whether it's negativity or, as you said, the, the bad habits. Last night, it was more the negativity, like just that whole negative approach to life. Yep. Like, you know, when you try and help someone... <coughs> To get over that negative you can encourage them you can give them heart you know but until they're willing to yep. to make that switch and decide they are going to continue to be negative
1: well a, a negativity anything that's habitual okay. no, matter, no matter what it is yeah anything that is habitual is connected to a belief of the heart because it comes forth effortlessly right it's rooted on, it's rooted on a belief. You know, negativity, I mean, there, there can be various causes for negativity, but, but but keep in mind, hope is what gives rise to faith. And so hope is the positive expectation, you know, of a good outcome. Right. Negativity can have a lot of different interesting core causes, but at the end of the day, negativity is is based on fear and unbelief. Yeah. And uh, uh, sometimes that fear is the fear of having to change. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew, whenever he was talking about uh, why people couldn't hear and understand and see and perceive, he said it, because if they did, they would realize they have to change. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to change. Yeah. So, So the people who... And, and, you know, you'll see these people like this. You'll see these people that it's, it's just like everything works for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I, I, I thought they were being a little bit attitudinal toward me. And I said, you know what? I said, uh, if, I ha- you know, if I wrong somebody, I can understand them getting attitudinal. I said, but you know what I have found is the number one reason that people get attitudinal toward me when I haven't done anything to them? And it's what? I said, they get annoyed because everything works for me. I always come out. That's not ego. That's what I, <laughs> I always I come know. out. I, I always that. come out on top. You know, it doesn't matter what happens around me. I'm somehow or another. I don't know how. It's not, not going to be my wisdom. It's not going to be any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to end up all right. Yeah. And I, and people do. I've had a lot of people just come to despise me because right. I didn't suffer the way they suffered.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, uh, and again, that's, that's not an ego thing that's my sense of self. You know, my, my sense of self is this, if right now a bomb dropped right out, right here in my front yard, yeah. all of Huntsville devastated, everybody in Huntsville dead. I'd still be sitting right here at this computer.
2: <laughs> I love it. I'd be like, I love what, it. What,
1: what was what, all that racket about? That was, What was that
2: noise? What <laughs> yeah. was that racket? You, but, you, Bob, oh, sorry. I was just no, going to say something. Yeah. Bob had the most amazing to me equation uh-huh. about true desire and intention. Uh huh. So, this is the equation, you guys. Just let's just think about this for one second true intention and deepest desire, kind of intention, plus a mechanism equals a result. Oh, that's good. Okay. So, if there's a true deep desire, mm-hmm. you know, for change or for, for, yep. for, for new beginnings or whatever it is, there will be a million different mechanisms. Sorry. You can always find a mechanism. Those, the, if you truly have the intention, the deepest desire, the mechanism will be there. Yep. If you're willing, if you don't resist mm-hmm. it, the mechanism will be there. Mm-hmm. But equals result means if you work that backwards, if you're not experiencing the result, then you did not have the deep intention. No. no. like So I guess I just thought of that in, no, res- no. in result, in, in, in relative to, you know, why do we go off track? Well, because your deepest desire isn't to stay on track.
1: You know, one of the things that, it's, there are things that I say that are painful for me to say. I know a lot of people hear me say things. They're like, "That hurt." I'm like, "Well, you know what? That hurt me too." <laughs> you you'll you understand the journey that it takes to <clears throat> to embrace some of these to embrace some of these realities. Right. Uh, but um, it is it is such a sad thing for me. What what happens to a believer? you know, when they first get saved. You know, the, I can remember hearing people in when I, first, when I first started going to church, but see, one of the differences was I'd read the whole New Testament at least once, probably, probably read it two or three times, and I'd read a lot of the Old Testament before I ever went to church. Because my thing is, I'm not going to go down and let somebody tell me what's in the Bible. I'm going to find out what's in the Bible for myself, because if it's not in the Bible, and they can't show it to me, Bible. I don't care what they say or who they are. I'm not going to believe it because I've heard too much stupid stuff my whole life, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go to church and I'd been saved for a while, you know, and had, you know, had a great prayer life and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things people start saying is like, you know, it'd just be great if God would have just showed us what, what, you know, what to do. If God would have just kind yeah. of laid something out for us, and it, if it was f- written on the wall. Yeah. And so, you know, you get this idea, so. Is I can't find this in the Word of God. So I'm looking for some subjective emotional experience that I can carve into an understanding of what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Did y'all I mean, did y'all ever hear much of that out in the church world?
0: Oh yeah. It, yes. I mean all of it. Yeah. You know, trying, you know, that effort, that work, that yep. you know, the wanting and hoping, yep. you know, but yet so empties. Man, and then, and then, comes. what
2: I really heard was, you have to wait for the God moment. You have to be at church at the right time, mm-hmm. at the right service, when the right thing happens, so you could experience and the right God.
1: Prophecy comes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, that was
2: the mentality. Yeah. The,
0: the, the the strange part is, you, you know, and then you flipped it and asked us. I was actually just going through all of my, you know, early experiences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was I was caught in many many of those moments.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When you thought that you could almost write, you could almost chart out your life by the God moments, mm-hmm. this happened, oh. and then this happened mm-hmm. ten years later, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. and then ten years later this. That.
0: No, but you know what we are just mentioning. You know, with regard to intention, and it's almost as though you're looking for it to happen out there yeah. to me, right? You yep. see, so I'm, I'm looking, f- you know, for that event.
1: I'm yep. looking for that e- moment because it's out there somewhere. You know, as we go, as we journey through this, this is a continuation really of us talking about righteousness for the last few weeks. Yes, because, yes. Because if you if you keep messing up, then the issue yep. is righteousness. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, that, it always that, is in the yeah, end. <laughs> in, in the end, always is. But, uh, uh I, I'll tell you this though, um, if, if I remember a few, a, a few podcasts from now, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how to function like a prophet, but not ever have to have a special gift.
2: Mm, right. I'm,
1: I'm going to, from what we're going to be teaching you over these next few weeks, I'm telling you. You know, you know, people ask me all the time. As a matter of fact, I saw a post just the other day. Somebody said, you know, Dr. Jim's been telling us that that the government was gonna start promoting this idea of extraterrestrial beings being an actual threat. Yeah, And I have, I've been warning for the last 10 years. I said, it's coming, and then about about two years ago, I said, get ready, this is coming. People say, man, that is such a prophetic gift. No, it's not. This has nothing to do with prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The spirit of prophecy is not foretelling the future. The spirit yeah. of prophecy is when you can is when you do know the future, but you know God's outcome.
2: Yes. There you, you yes. Know? Yes,
1: and so we're going to talk about how. And the, so,
2: when you say the future podcast, uh, is that because you want to lay a foundation first? Yeah, is that why you're I, saying? I want to take us on this journey. Is that why journey? you're not going to actually no, tell he, us right this minute?
1: No, <laughs> He wants to be prophetic, so yeah. he's just oh, setting okay. the stage.
2: Yeah, in he's three us now
1: did, of what's going to happen did, later. Did you say prophetic or pathetic? I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, which one are you talking about here? <laughs>
2: In three podcasts for now, right. I prophesy that I will be telling you how to be a That's prophet. That's right.
1: And it's going to be yeah. just like when you miss church and you can never find your destiny because you missed church. You weren't yeah. there the day that <laughs> the Spirit you know. of God was made. Wow. That means you better be listening. Oh. <laughs> Don't you just hate that stuff. I hate that oh, stuff. My goodness. But, oh, my goodness. Uh, but anyhow, God actually, I didn't, I mean, I learned parts of this Continuously over the last fifty years, but mm-hmm. but certain parts have come together that make it more easy to understand. You know how we've talked about the open and the closed mem. Yes. In the Hebrew alphabet, there's an open and closed mem, and the mem on the top looks like an M, which represents waves and yes. represents uh, water and things being mysterious and deep. And so, of course, one of the concepts of the mem is this: if you're standing. In a boat or on the shore, wondering what's beneath the surface of the water, you can guess, you can theorize, you can do all kinds of stuff, but the only way you're ever going to know is jump in and and, and experience this for yourself. This is why everything in the Bible is written and given to us, not to give us information, but to give us information upon which we can have a true experience with God.
2: Yes, yes.
1: And it's not the information that makes us strong. It's the experience that we have because of
2: it. Exactly.
1: So, so the mem, you have to dive into the water. You got to go in yeah. look for yourself. Nobody can tell you about it. No matter what they tell yeah. you, it's not going to affect you. It's only what you personally experience. So there are two mems in the Hebrew alphabet and one is the uh, open mem and the mm-hmm. open mem represents the revealed knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Now, something that charismatics and word of faith and Pentecostals, they took the concept of revealed knowledge and they rephrased it and started calling it revelation, revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge, yep. And so then out of that, a whole kind of messed up doctrine started growing in those movements. Charismatics, Pentecostals, Word yeah. of Faith. Yep. You know, and so so they a, re- a revelation knowledge started becoming what God personally would show you about something. Right. That other people, you know, if they hadn't, if God hadn't showed them yet, they can't see it. Right. And sometimes, and it got to the point to where revelation knowledge, you, you know, now there are people out there like, like, you know, I've got friends that got off into the fake grace movement and I'm telling you, they got some of the goofiest, stupidest, unbiblical ideas and I will say where did you get that and they say well God showed this Mm -hmm. to me and you know you just haven't you just haven't seen it yet because you're not (gasps) as spiritual as I am so that's what all that evolved into but it was it was never referred to in the true in the original languages as revelation knowledge it was the revealed knowledge.
2: Revealed
1: knowledge. And so what that really means then is that this is knowledge that God has made known to every person alive.
2: Wow. There's no exceptions.
1: There is no exception. Because
2: God is not exclusive. He is, he is always inclusive. He doesn't give something to one person that doesn't, he right. can't give to everybody.
1: Right. Right. And so, so, you know, the, so that means that the open mem or the revealed knowledge is everything that the Bible says that God has and not only given to us in written form, but he has also given it to us um, uh, in our heart because it's been written on our hearts. Right. That, you know, to me, that's such a phenomenon to realize even lost people have the knowledge of God written on their heart. Why, why why does every wow. place in the world you know agree that it's wrong to murder right why, why do we have a conscience because of what yes. has been written on our heart yeah. Yeah. now we always have a choice then about what we're going to do with this that's been written on our heart we'll either you know we'll either develop it and pursue it obey it and follow it or we'll harden our heart against it and and you know kind of close close God out out of our lives but but one of the things that is so cool to me is that you don't, you don't really need any special gift to uh, get in, to grasp and to understand and to be, you know, just to be able to walk with, uh, understand God. You, you don't really mm-hmm. have to have a special gift or special anointing or special experience. You just have to be willing to walk in truth even when it disagrees with your opinion. Right. Now, then there is a closed mem. And the close mim, this is where the Holy Spirit personally, based on the Word of God, shows you how to navigate the world that you're living in. Shows you yes, how to apply this.
2: That's said so well. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, I was speaking to a group of ministers the other night. Actually, I'm gonna be speaking about eight hundred ministers tomorrow night again I, and I may talk to them kind of along these same lines.
2: Wow, so cool.
1: It is. thank thank God for the internet, you know. Yes, yeah, right. seriously. Right. <clears throat> but um uh my mind just slipped off that. I'll you just... I'll, I'll, I'll get back on it.
2: Okay, when you said the Holy Spirit, personally, based on God's Word, shows you how to navigate and apply this to your life, that is a good depth. Like, that helps me. That's really good. Now, now what I'm about to
1: say, you can say, okay, this guy's got an ego problem. I mean, whatever. Sure. However you want to look at it. But I can tell you this, not based on my insight, Mm -hmm. not based on my intellect, not based on anything other than recognizing what God is showing me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: pretty much my whole ministerial life, I've been ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like it didn't matter what happened in society. It didn't matter what the next trend was going to be. And right. it was never because I was smart enough to figure it out. Uh, you know, I, it'd be, I would love to be able to take some kind of credit for that, but I can't just start feeling this sense of going this direction or start doing something this way. And then suddenly, two or three years later, or sometimes 10 years later, there would be a massive change. You know, I had cyber church. I don't know if this is true, but I have had people told me, tell me that when they want to start doing ministry online and they have, they have uh, researched cyber church, that I am online more than anybody in the entire world. If you search Cyber Church, I don't know if that's true. That's what I've been told.
2: Wow. Wow.
1: But, but you got to realize we started Cyber Church back when we still had a building. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this was way back there. And then when I shut all that down, I just had that sense so of throw your effort into this.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: But we were already there. You, you know? were
2: established already. And I will just confirm that when you say you described in that way, I've been ahead of the curve. Her, I will absolutely say, yeah, I've experienced that for the last thirty years that I've known you. Yeah. You know, you were talking about stuff way before others were, or, or, and then all of a sudden, it did become a fad or yeah. a craze or an emphasis in the church, and and yet I'm so grateful. So that would say, wow, that you, you're really special, Jim Richards. Oh.
1: You mean like special education? Is that what? I <laughs> no. kind of special. Or? <laughs>
2: <laughs> eat more pizza eat more, eat more pizza, pizza.
1: <laughs> so but, but here's what I want people to understand I'm describing something that has nothing to do with getting special anointings that has right. nothing to do with praying and fasting long yes. enough and loud enough and hard enough yes. to get God to do something I am yes. saying that yes, God cannot talk to me about how to apply the word in a practical setting if in fact i don't know the word if i ignore right. the word so in other words there's the open mem that says here is everything you'll ever need to know about me and this will be the basis from which the holy spirit will teach you everything you'll ever need to know and, and you know in other words this this is the core this is this is the source right here mm-hmm. but this is where it becomes life over here so in the closed mem god's going to begin to take you know, what I understand from the word of God, what I've said. He's mm-hmm. going to start saying, now, this is how you apply this in real life. This is
2: the way you walk yeah, in it. This, this, is, is, it this like. is how this looks like in your life yep. today. Right? As your day is a gift today, this is how this works with this relationship, yep. with this person. This is how you're going to walk in love. Everything you've learned about mercy, well, this is what it's going to yep. look like when this person call when you get to talk to this person. No, yep. like it, I get it. Like it's just incredible <laughs> yeah. showing us how to navigate through life. Yeah,
0: but but looking at at the MIM, it's all also secular. So it's a willingness to deal with my limiting beliefs and mm. the brokenness of my pain. So you know the you know the broken men, to be able to drain that out you know that i would be able to and i'm i'm looking because i want i want if i'm going to be be receptive then i'm looking to journey through lord heal me yeah heal my heart and and i would say that that would be a characteristic of you where it's it's like i'm not looking to fix or deal with everyone else i got to deal with me yeah i'm just
1: trying to which, grow up
0: right yeah which exactly has, you know posture
1: you in a place of listening yep. and, and a willingness to hear. And like we said over and over and over again, in the Hebrew, the word hear and obey is yeah. basically the same root yeah. word, which means if yes. there is not a willingness to obey,
2: mm-hmm. yes.
1: then when God speaks it, you won't hear it the way he's saying it. You, you might Perfect. hear something that you twist, right. that you change or whatever.
2: Yeah, willingness is huge. <laughs> I, I, I can't emphasize that enough yeah. Like to our listeners. Your willingness is Everything when it comes to what's going to be in front of you, like when you're willing, things appear in front of you that you're ready for. Like it's willingness is almost that oh. incredible hack that if you're willing, yeah. you know you to hear and obey, it, it, and then you will to begin to that, hearing.
0: That, you know the verse. You know w- he doesn't require sacrifice, right? Right, but a
1: willing obedient yeah. heart. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know, you know what's kind of interesting. Mm. And I, I've studied this on and off, like I said, for, for 50 years, but not real, real, not real consistently because until I, until I see how I can truly benefit somebody with something, I don't give a lot of time to it, you know? Right, but, right. But what we do need to remember when we think about willingness is that, uh, is it First Samuel that talks about, or 2 Samuel that talks about how that stubbornness is the same as the sin as witchcraft? Yeah. So, and, you know, in witchcraft, you're trying to control outcomes. Yes. And so so people who are not open and teachable to God and not willing to surrender their way of doing things and, you know, all that kind of stuff, they don't realize it. But they're saying, I am trying to cast a spell through my behavior hmm. to force the outcome that I want Apart from godliness, apart from righteousness, apart from where God is leading me, apart from the warnings that God is giving me, I am trying to create an outcome, hmm. and I don't care about God. I'm going to say I do. I, I'm going to, I, you know, I'm going to say I prayed this through. But the real truth is, there has been force and and a crooked heart and pressure and manipulation that made it come to pass. Hmm. So, so. Anyhow, so yeah, you know, I know this is again, we're laying a foundation here, so I so don't you guys don't freak out too much, but because it's a pretty strong foundation. Now, that in, in wisdom is the practical application of truth. Right. Now that is the thing that is so absent in modern Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's absent in all leadership of all kinds today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are educated to death but none of it works yeah and we can't get it to work but mm-hmm. we'll sell it to you for mm-hmm. 99.95 and right. tell you that it works we're
2: good at marketing it yep. yeah yeah so because that's a lot of empty promises is uh, what it becomes
1: oh oh absolutely and people it's really interesting how Christians will like not study the Bible, but they want to study that stuff that is yeah. a corrupt version of the Bible, right? And, and expect to get godly outcome. It just kind of blows my and mind. And I think
2: of propaganda and marketing and the empty promises, like because oh. it's good marketing, you can get this, 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 and it's empty promises. I was blown away by Mark one thirty seven for like because it just hit me just such with such an incredible love is that it says in the Passion translation, not one of God's promises is empty of power.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
2: Like it's it's not an empty promise. Yep. Not one of his promises is empty of power. I just, I saw the visual of like a big carafe, you know, of mm. promises. Cause you can hand each other empty carafes of promises all day long, but God's are full of, of power. Yep. Anyway, that was a bit of a segue, but that one was amazing.
1: Well, you know, the journey that people are making. So we're talking about, do you really want to get to the place to where you're not on and off, where it's not, yeah. You know, yes try uh, works a while it don't work a while. you know yeah uh, you, you want to get off that that inconsistent. That, that's really what's called the crooked path. Yes and be, because it change it's a path that changed. you know th- the Bible says that, that you know the highway of the Lord or the pathway of life it's smooth, it's straight, it's not crooked. It, you know the King James calls it plain. In other words, this has been prepared to walk on. There's no, mm. there is no inherent danger it's on this path. The, yeah. hi,
2: the way of the highway is smooth. Yeah.
1: And 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 but then when, but then it says but this other way, the way of the the wicked is hard, or yeah. the way of the transgressor is hard. And yeah. that's that's talking about this path that you create as opposed to just saying, okay, God, I'm just going to walk your path and you know let the Holy Spirit teach me. The word of God in this path to go, but anyhow, in this process of getting to where you have stability or wisdom, and again, wisdom is not the depth or the just the shrewdness uh, of of what you can do intellectually. Wisdom is the practical application of the word of God that produces the promise, that produces the fruit, that produces the outcome. So, on this journey to trying to get to stability. Uh, the book of Proverbs, which, you know, I, I probably read, meditated in, studied, researched, wrote about and preached about the book of Proverbs as much as any anywhere in the entire Bible because it is all about wisdom. It's about practical application. How do I get to where I can put this into practice and it's really going to work? And so uh, <clears throat> uh, the book of Proverbs kind of breaks down this this journey into wisdom it breaks it down by into three categories that would be uh-huh. that would be um, knowledge understanding uh-huh. and wisdom okay uh-huh. all right so yeah. now knowledge is something that we do gather intellectually this is some yeah. this is one of the valuable places that our our mind you know, but but the key is to renew your mind. Always, 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 always surrender your opinion to God's opinion. Always mm-hmm. be willing to say, "Okay, if this is the yeah. word of God, this is the knowledge." I start choosing. Now, after we get information, now if we if we do not meditate on this, if we do not study the Word of God on this, then then what happens? It just becomes an ego fest that is just going to start telling us, you know, we're, our, our brain and mind is going to start telling us how smart we are, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to come up with our own concepts out of the information.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, understanding, if you actually, in, the, in the, uh, the New Testament, many times the word for understanding is the word heart in the original mm-hmm. language. Because really? un- understanding okay. is a function of the heart. Now something the heart has the capability of doing. Remember, the mind seeks to prove that you're right. So you can convince yourself you're right about a hundred different contradictory opinions. Yes. So you're talking about psycho. I mean you're talking about not being able to figure out who you are or have a sense yeah. of identity as well. I, you know, you know, since I since I believed this when I was in the sixth grade, I gotta believe it now. But you know, now mm-hmm. I know this over so I gotta believe. And and so, you know, you're I mean you're constantly incorporating conflicting ideas that you have to prove you're right on. But every time you prove you're right, you prove you're psycho. (laughs) (laughs) You are actually insane. (laughs) Yeah, you're insane because you believe all this, because you believe all this to be true. Yeah. So, But remember, your heart is is all about identity. Now, in, in identity, you have this capacity to have all of these, it's just like the Word of God. The Word of God has all of this stuff many times that seems non connected. And when you start looking at it, you start realizing oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Every word links to something else. Yeah. You know, e- everything is one And big every
2: unity. new understanding and new wisdom, it's all coming uh, together. It's all, every moment, it's all there uh, all the time within all its layers. It's well, all Intelligent together, people
1: read the Bible and stay confused because they are using, okay. they're, they're using their mind and are creating death. Instead of letting God speak to them, they are speaking mm. to God. You know, they're not taking the Bible and saying, God, I want to understand. This. You open, I open my heart. I surrender to it. So you teach me. No, they open it and say, where can I find it where it says this?
2: Oh, because they're trying
1: okay. to make the Bible speak what they speak.
2: Right. Instead of letting
1: it speak to them. So anyhow, so the Logos and everything about God is all of these trillions of facts, all these trillions of realities, all these things. I mean, you know, Kylie, every time I study creation, I'm just thinking only a fool would refuse to believe at least in intelligent design.
2: Right, right.
1: You know, Um. Are you familiar with the term uh, uh, symbiotic or symbiosis or that sort of no, thing? No,
2: I am not. No.
1: A symbiotic relationship is a relationship where two people, organisms, businesses, whatever, they can only survive if the other one is there. Okay. So <clears throat> when when you study symbiotic relationships and creation, you you find millions— of places where this particular plant has to have this particular right. uh, rodent or, or bug yes, or whatever, yes, or yes. this you know, or this over here has to have this fungus, and so there are millions and millions. I mean,
2: just yesterday in our no. conversation, we said if we didn't have bumblebees,
1: yeah. right?
2: Yeah. Anyway, keep going.
1: No, no, but but you're right on track. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so stop and think about it. If a particular animal can only exist and stay alive through a symbiotic relationship, it's impossible to say all of this happened at the right time by accident. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Earth would have to be, you know, 500 billion years old for all of this stuff to, to come about accidentally.
2: And to see that it's all working together. Oh, yeah. Every, every piece. You know, you know there was
1: an odds maker. I don't remember who it was years ago, back in the seventies or eighties, that said that that the the probability uh, of um of a uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm having with my COVID minutes. You, you know, something that yeah. happens incidentally or accidentally. The probability of the Earth coming about by evolution.
2: Yeah,
1: it said uh, it said would be the equivalent of putting a monkey in a room with a typewriter and him being able to type, you know, I can't remember the Gettysburg Address or, or the Constitution or something like that. that that's how, that's how <laughs> far-reaching the odds would be that any of this could have happened accidentally. <laughs> so <clears throat> the thing is, though, you can't get that intellectually because you're you're always needing to be right about something. And so, mm-hmm. so you know, I got this belief over here, something— and if, I, and, and if I don't hold on to this belief, then it's going to mess up my logic about evolution. So the need to be right makes reading the Bible, relating to God, reading anything, sitting there, it really just makes it a one-dimensional, ego-driven love fest of self. That's it. Now, but approaching anything from the heart opens up this capacity to say, I I'm willing to look at this in a way that I I could be, I don't care what I'm wrong about, don't care what I'm right about. What I care about is yeah. how does this reality fit together? So knowledge oh, yeah. becomes understanding, because understanding is actually where all of the pieces that you have knowledge of start coming together and, and making sense together.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: But
0: again, for this to begin in the process, you know, far beyond just, uh, uh, creation, but I have to be willing. as yep. as you said, to yield my opinion. Yep. Yeah. And so, so if, true. If, if I take a position and then I'm just gathering information or knowledge yep. to support, you know, the premise that I've already established to be mm-hmm. true, then then I am completely ego driven, yeah. and I'll never truly find yep. the truth.
2: <laughs> you I, never will. I, I had a
0: conversation with someone yesterday, the other day, and um, and it was just so odd because I made a comment, but then again, the, there was the sense of attack, and immediately it was just like oh. They're defending a position yeah. because they because they've placed me yep. in you know as as an as an opponent a threat to that position uh, yeah. and a threat to that yeah. position right and it's just like okay okay so I got to come at this another way yeah because I'm I'm, I'm not defending a position right. here yeah and yet you you're you know Projecting. reacting yeah. to me, yeah. yeah you know in that way and it's just like no no okay I'm, I'm just looking to connect here. Yep. yeah you know I'm just looking and so it, it worked out fine, but this is exactly yep. you know what you're expressing yep. in that in in finding this place of of understanding hmm. and you know for you Jim, just that you know willingness to Lord heal me yeah you know i i'm I will find the truth of my identity in you yeah
1: mm-hmm. but well, you know and we have to remember this if we don't get healed. Not only is our thinking messed up, but we get into what the Bible calls a crooked heart. Yeah. Now, the, the word crooked, and particularly in the book of Proverbs, it, ca- it can be translated several different ways. But one, uh, one of the ways is froward. And in the mm-hmm. book of Proverbs, it says a froward or a crooked heart cannot find good. In other words, even though there's life everywhere around us, it's like yeah. diamonds laying on the ground. Yeah. But we can't perceive that they're valuable yeah. because our heart is crooked. Yeah. Now, the way I've always thought about a crooked heart is this. Now, now remember, I, righteousness is more about being in harmony. I, I mean, you know... I, when you look at the overlapping concept, it's being in harmony with who God is, which gets into harmony with what his word says, harmony yeah. with the character, harmony with how we treat people. In other words, it's harmonizing, it's not trying to become something and earn it unearned from God. So when I think about harmony, one of the first things I always think about is a railroad track. Hmm. So, you know, a train can't run on one set of wheels.
2: Right, the, and so
1: the railroad track has to be in perfect harmony. It has to be perfectly aligned. Perfect. Because if, if at any point, you know the right track kind of veers off a little yeah, bit, yeah,
2: it's it. That's it. You're gonna have right. a wreck. Yeah. You, it, it's a train wreck.
1: Oh, that's right. It's gonna be a train wreck, <laughs> a doctrinal train wreck. <laughs> exactly. So, so a crooked, a crooked heart will always cause you to you have a train collapse because because you're not staying in harmony with God. Your life does I love that. Become I love the, the visual
2: wreck. of that. I love the visual.
1: So when you think about the fact that truth is compared to light because once truth comes into the situation and this is and this is why the ego hates it. Once truth is accepted it's like turning a light on in a room and actually finally seeing how it really is. <laughs> and so <clears throat> so if truth is sort of like light, light, you know, here's one of the things that we have to consider. And people who have been in my meetings some years ago have been in meetings where I did this. But I, but I, but I used to, I, I'd be in a meeting, I'd say, so what color is the sky? Everybody's like, blue, blue, blue. I'm like, no, it's not. And people say, well, no, it, it's blue. I'm like, no, it's not. They say, well, you can walk right out there and look up at it and see that it's blue. And I yeah. said, no, you can't. <laughs> and I, I'm just dragging them down this tormenting yeah, 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 yeah. road.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so then you, you you realize, you bring in the fact that, that light from the sun actually bends based on how close it is to planet Earth. Now, when light bends, it projects another color. The light didn't change colors. What changed was I'm on this side of the light. The light is is being refracted through this through this moisture in the air or whatever, and therefore, from where I'm looking, it has seven different colors possibly. You know, yeah, look like, yeah, like, yeah. like the spectrum of a rainbow.
2: And the shades of blue. There's yeah. so many shades of
1: blue. Yes. But the fact is, no, it hasn't changed colors. No. Where I'm standing when I look at it. Yeah. Makes me perceive it different. My position. Changes light. So, wow. so if we've got a crooked heart, if we've got a so preference, good. if we've got something that yes. we're committed to more a than God, whatever, a yeah.
2: commitment to to a, a fact, yeah.
1: So, so then, even when we are exposed to the truth, it bends to the yes. preference of the color we like best. Oh. <laughs> so. <clears throat> So, we oftentimes corrupt knowledge. Yeah. Before it can ever speak to us.
2: Jim, this is so good.
1: You know, one of the things I've had to do over the years, and I have to do this, there's the people that I respect, I respect. Mm. And, you know, there's not many people that I respect because I think they're always right. Mm. Because I never met anybody who's always right other than Brenda.
2: (laughs) And, and she Good don't one. tell
1: me that. You know, I just rec- yeah. I'm just i smart enough to recognize that, you know. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I can remember so many people that influenced me early on when I would have to come to the realization that while they are helping me in a lot of areas, if I try to follow them in every area, I'm going to get messed up. Because what they're believing in some of these areas, you can't squeeze it out of the Bible. No. Well, that didn't make me want to throw them away. Right. It just made me guard my heart.
2: Of course,
1: you know I, when I would listen. So, like for you know, you know, you guys know what what if, if, if what this looks like behind me. You know, right?
2: Yeah, we're watching each other on in, video in this room here.
1: There, yeah. I'm easily got twenty thousand dollars worth of resource books. Yes, easily, yes, maybe more than yes, that.
2: Yes.
1: Well, one of the things when I pick up any resource book and start to read it, I always make myself aware of what that person's religious background is. Mm. For example, Kenneth I love Kenneth West. I love the way he breaks stuff down but he will always 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 if the need is there, try to make his translation lean more toward Baptist beliefs mm. and, and and same thing you whatever their background is, if something is not absolutely clear, they're going to try Dream. to make it say,
2: including me. Well, I'll like, do it. yeah, like I do that too. I'm sure I do with my growing up with the Jesus movement. You I don't know? think and, there's
1: anything yeah. wrong with it if you say it. You uh, know, yeah, if you, okay. If you say it, <laughs> if you, you know, know it, <laughs> this is kind of this is kind of what the Calvinists <laughs> or Baptists yeah. believe. This is kind of as charismatic. This is what I was brought mm-hmm. up believing. Yeah, and so 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 you're kind of. You're qualifying what you're saying
2: mm-hmm. instead
1: of trying to make it sound Bring authoritative. in that
2: context. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, <clears throat> So I realized, you know, one of the guys that I loved, and I'll tell you, this guy taught me so much, was a uh, uh, Paul Younger Cho. Mm-hmm. You know, I was invited to be on the Church Growth International Board. And actually, man, I was I was, I was like, oh, man, I can't even believe this. such an honor. Wow. And the Lord spoke to me and said, don't do it. I'm Hmm. like, what? You know? Yeah. And, you know, I finally came to realize it wasn't that there was anything wrong with them, but I realized most of the people that were part of that organization were people that I couldn't tolerate. And I couldn't mm. t- and they were people that their doctrines were consistently destructive enough that I couldn't tolerate their doctrines. And the Lord just protected my heart. You know, just yeah. stay out Isn't of it. Isn't that
2: great? Yeah.
1: So, you know, it was it was after that time that anybody that wanted to hire me, any, I mean, I can't tell you how many organizations have tried to hire me, they've offered me a great deal. And I always say, well, here's the deal. You know, I'll be a blessing to you, you know, as long as you're trying to help people. If there's a way yeah. for me to be a blessing to you, I'm gonna do it. Uh, you don't have to pay me to do it. So why would you want me? Why would you want me on your payroll? Why would you want to pay me for something I'm already doing? Yeah. And uh, usually they want you because they recognize that you have the ability to benefit them.
2: Yes. And benefit
1: yes. their cause. And that's not. Yes. That's not completely wrong. But you know, so Paul Young show was. Uh, I, I was in a meeting with him one time, and and uh, and he started talking about how that he came up with his vision for cell groups.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And. Um, so he, his, his church probably had 10,000 people, and I don't even know if he had an assistant pastor. He did every wedding, every funeral, everything, which meant he was a control freak mm-hmm. and probably had some ego issues, some self-worth mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so he eventually had a heart attack, and after he had this heart attack, he realized, I, I, I can't carry this load. And the doctor, I think, even told him, you can't do all this. And so this is where he started realizing, I've got to build something here that I'm not doing everything. So then he says, so God gave me that heart attack to, mm-hmm. to bring me to this point. Well, no, God didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we listen to people that, and now keep in mind, he has a similar of God background. That's what a symbol mm-hmm. of God people believe. Mm. And, so, and so we have to realize that all of us, including the three of us, you know, everything is coming out of us to to some degree of being bent mm-hmm. in a particular direction,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I think we do a good job of letting people know the difference between opinions and you know and and facts. I hope we do. I hope so. But but anyhow, you want to understand that that there has to be this coming opening, surrendering, and saying, "God, you, 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 Holy Spirit, you're the teacher." Mm-hmm. I can't bring all of these pieces together. So, you know, when, when understanding comes and all the pieces start making sense, it's amazing how compliant we get to work in a particular process or, or following a particular yes. path or considering yes. looking considering at something a certain way. Yes, the
2: ideas. I loved what you said several minutes back when you said the mind journey says that the need to be right turns me into a one-dimensional journey in the love fest of myself, whereas a heart journey says, I don't care what I'm wrong about. Yeah. I'm willing to see how this all comes together. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing you know. through right. this. I'm willing to see how this all comes together, and I don't even care about being wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an incredibly safe place oh, to yeah. live.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget a guy. Came, there was this guy that used to go to every church in town, start arguments with all the preachers and all that kind of stuff, and I'll never forget one day he... he it was back when, way back when we had midweek services. We always had Bibles, you know, real Bible study, verse by verse Bible study. Yeah. And he said, you know something? He said, you, because he would challenge me with questions, you know, because sure. i would let people ask questions. And, you know, if he asked me a question I didn't know, I just said I didn't know.
2: Of course. And yeah. I'm telling
1: you, that influenced that guy more than anything that ever happened while he was in our church.
2: Wow. I can't
1: believe you will stand in front of your congregation and admit that you don't know something. <laughs> because I've never had a preacher do that. You know, they're going to make up something, and uh, but you know, but it gets comfortable. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it takes a world of pressure off of me to be able mm-hmm. to say I don't really know why that happens. Yeah, I, 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 I know, I know what I do in those situations, but I really don't know why that happens. Mm. And so, boy, you get yourself out of a lot of not just external conflict and pressure, but internal. I am not having to have this mental conversation with myself constantly trying to prove I'm right about something. Yeah. So we got the open mem, and that's where we took all of this knowledge, and, you know, we didn't read it like a Baptist. We didn't read it like a Methodist. We didn't read it like a Pentecostal. We didn't read it like a Word of Faith. We read it like a son or a daughter sitting at the feet of our Father, allowing Him to instruct us about life. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's supposed to be. Read it like, you know, I always read the Bible with this mindset. If nobody else in the world is ever going to believe, I'm going to. So so this Bible is written specifically to me.
2: This is written, yeah.
1: This has nothing. I mean, what other people do with that's between them and God, but what what I do with it has nothing to do with what anybody else believes or thinks.
2: I love that. I'm going to read the Bible like a daughter sitting with my dad, just to instruct me about life because this is written to yes. me. Absolutely. Like I mean, that's That is such a, yeah. a a beautiful posture and a beautiful beginning and a beautiful intention. Mm. Remember we talked about the oh, deepest yeah. intention that you have will will have results. Yep. Th- then the Bible will come to life. Oh, yeah,
1: it will. And you will, you know, I, I've told people this for like say almost 50 years. It's like, I've never, never, even when I was in sin or angry or mad, you know what I mean? I've never one time picked up the Bible that God didn't speak to me and give me solutions for the day and the moment that I was living yeah. in right, right yeah. there. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Right never one time. Wow. Even when I didn't deserve it, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So we've got this We've got got this open meme. And if we read it, the, here's the filter that we're supposed to be reading through. Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. And so a, as Lord, he, everything that he has is about teaching me how to live this abundant life. Everything mm-hmm. he teaches, everything he is. And so, if, so the question is, is, if he is Lord, am I a disciple?
2: Mm-hmm. So am I, am I
1: approaching him from the perspective that says, I want, I want to understand God, I want to understand me, I want to understand life, I want to have the power to live a quality of life, da da. So then what happens if we are submissive, if you will, to the revealed knowledge of God? Th- because that's what God uses when we get over here alone and trying to figure out how to walk through some situation. He uses the wisdom of His Word hmm. to to actually walk us through every situation that that we're ever going to face. The
2: revealed of, knowledge yeah. becomes that that practical wisdom yeah. and that that today that I need for today. Yeah.
1: Now and, and always remember this, and boy, there's a I, I could I go hours just on this one scripture, but remember. The Holy Spirit, according to Jesus' teaching, pretty much is limited to being able to teach you what you heard or read, because He says, He will bring to your remembrance.
2: Yes.
1: Now, you can't remember something you haven't known.
2: Yeah. That's right.
1: And so the real truth is people who refuse to read the Bible, they might have a general knowledge of God, but they don't have the kind of knowledge of God where they can get intimate, deep instruction about mm. everything that they're facing because they, don't, they can't remember because they never heard it. They never read it. they never
2: heard. There's nothing to remember. Right.
1: They don't know when what they're hearing is their own heart, their own emotions or the voice of God. Don't, they don't mm-hmm. know the difference
2: revealed knowledge. The knowledge is there and then it's revealed for that moment, for that practical need or yep. desire that you have. Hmm. This is so good, Jim. I am loving Well, and that's this. moving
0: us to the wisdom. Right. Yep. The knowledge, the understanding.
2: And then, and the, then, wisdom. then the wisdom. Yeah. Yep.
0: The applied to love. Right.
1: So with that, you know, so, so like in the understanding, you know, um, Because I've been in business so long, you know, know, I've consulted in businesses, I've owned businesses. You know, I I have been in the people business for since I was 14 years old. I started my first business when I was 14 years old and I've managed people, you know, my whole life. So, you know, once something becomes kind of uh, normal to you or or whatever, but, you know, I can walk into a business situation. I've done this and got paid a lot of money for it. And I can just sit down with the top people, and I can let them take 15 minutes each and tell me whatever is going on in the company. And I can usually, just from one meeting, put together a plan of action to solve their company's problems, start making money, you know what I mean, start turning a profit Mm -hmm. again. And the reason I can is not because I'm really all that smart about it. It's just that when, when, when you have taken in a, a, you know the information, but you you don't have a preference about it, you don't have a prejudice about it. Then you walk into a situation and in every business it's the same uh, same factors, you know every situation pretty much same factors. But you just walk in and suddenly you're able to understand them and make these random events that are happening over in this department and then happen over in this department. And then you know what I mean, happening under different managers, suddenly you bring it all together and you go, okay, I can tell you why this is happening all over the place. I can tell you why everybody's thinking this way. Well, that's what understanding does. So wisdom in real life, you know, we'll look out there at a life, I mean, at a mess that's around us. I mean thousand different factors that could confuse anybody. But when we have made this journey of knowledge, which is the renewing of the mind and then then bring it into our heart so that now it becomes our understanding and we start recognizing all the different pieces and 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 how they're going how they come together how that how they all fit together and then when we walk out in the world we take the understanding we just look around and go oh that i need that i need that i need that i need that mm-hmm. and you pull those pieces together and bam you just walk it out and that's a whole that's a holy spirit process yes so yes so you know th- this is all introduction, but we we are going to take you on a pathway that you stop wavering, you stop wondering. Mm. You, you know, you, uh, I mean, we should be able to look at any situation and just have the confidence. Okay, I'm gonna God give me understanding about this because you know I feel I feel my heart with your word, and I know you're going to draw it out like drawing the water out of a well. And I'll yeah. be able to bring these pieces together, walk through this without walk through this fire without getting burned.
2: I'm so grateful. I am so grateful for today. Just again, another layer of the the, the understand the knowledge plus the understanding, and that that's where the wisdom comes. So, um, I think this is so helpful. So, what do you want? To, do you want to introduce what we're going to do next week, or did you just want to just hit that one next week?
1: Yeah, we'll just hit it next week because we're okay. going to, we're going to follow this continuum. Good of a. Of just how to have a the stable life.
2: Yeah, yes, I love that. <laughs>
1: Isn't is that good news? Yeah,
0: that is what a good concept. News. I mean, let, let's just you know call it for what it is. I, I don't know that there's one of us you know listening today that it's just like yeah. I would really like Mike the Crooked Way. Yeah. I like it to be straight. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I want to be in harmony. Lows, man, yeah. I, I just wanted to I wanna I wanna, you know, be done with that. And yeah. I think the the rails of the track, today, yeah. Harmony. I'm just gonna harmonize.
2: Yeah. Yes, where he moves, where he ebbs, where he flows, mm-hmm. I'm in harmony mm-hmm. with him. Say it
1: again. Go we ahead. think we think our job is to make it happen.
2: Yeah. But no, yeah. our
1: job is to harmonize with him, so that's what that creates the path that we're on. So it all happens serendipitously. We don't have to make yeah. it happen. Yeah.
2: So we think our job is to make it happen, but it's our job to what?
1: Just let it happen. Just walk no. the path. Yeah. Stay in harmony.
2: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love it.
1: Uh, other
2: this than is, this is really if good I news. Could say other than
0: please be willing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, just, just, just have a willing oh. heart, and it's you know as. You know, from your per- perception or perspective, you know, as you see the light, let let it come in and just be willing to be able to say, you know what, I was wrong on this one. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I feel I good I about I don't, it. I don't and care. I, I love actually the word that you used, the verbiage you used, Jim, was I don't even care if I'm wrong. Like, I don't even care. No, I don't.
1: Because, I don't. because if I'm wrong, the moment I realize it means I have finally opened my eyes to, right. to what's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's
2: and, a wonderful day. And the
0: filter that you <laughs> it's identify. It's a good day. You know, is Jesus Lord? Yes. Yep. Period. Jesus is Lord. Now then the question is, am I a disciple? Yep. And so that's the that's the choice that we make. Yep. I
2: love it. This okay. has been so fun, you guys. Thanks for being with us on this incredible journey slash conversation. It's been so fun.
1: All right. Absolutely.
2: And you know I'm always about the fun. <laughs>
1: If you play this backwards and listen to it, you will really get insights. So I just want you to know that, and you will eat more pizza. That's right. That's right.
2: And get and get the munchies. That's right. Okay, we will see you next time, guys. All right. Bye bye.